If you're an established woman in tech who is creating results and making an impact at work, so your workload and stress just keep growing, but promotions and salary bumps remain a distant dream, it's time for a change. Listen, we all know the tech industry has dramatically changed. It's time your career approach did too. You don't need cookie cutter programs or dusty advice from outdated playbooks because What works for tech bros won't work for you. You need individualized, bespoke support to build your brave career. One that reflects who you are as a woman in tech. I invite you to explore career coaching with me. Get all the details, including prices and client results at tricksteinbach.com. You can stress less work less, and earn more. You've already earned it. Let's make it happen. Welcome to the Celebrate Brave podcast, the podcast for women in and around the tech industry. Every week, we dive into the conversations, frameworks, and best practices to help you stress less, work less, and earn a lot more. My name is Nicole Turksteinbach, your host and the international bravery coach for women in tech. Let's go. Welcome to this episode of the Celebrate Brave podcast. This week, I am bringing another incredible woman in tech, Amanda Burma into our community. Now, Amanda is both my client and one of my closest friends. We share a lot in common. We have two kiddos. We both speak German, lived in Germany for a while. We're both really outspoken and we are both change makers. So I cannot wait for you to experience Amanda's brave story. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you. Did I hit the tones? Is there anything you wanted to add? No, I think that's good. Awesome. Okay, cool. So fun story. We actually met for everyone to get a flavor. We met because our kids were going to the same school. My kids are a little bit younger. And my daughter was speaking English and German at the time. This was a number of years ago. She was not school age and she disappeared during the science fair. We could not find her. She was somewhere in this elementary school and we could not find her. And so we finally turned after searching, you know, we had the South African family we had met was searching around and like this other family was searching around. We were searching around and I finally went to the organizers and I said, we need help because we can't find our daughter. She has platinum blonde hair. She's like three years old. She speaks German. And Amanda, you had already heard her speaking German, right? Yep, I had. Because I, I remembered, I was so, I was like, yay. So where did you find her? Tell the so story. when that happened, I heard the announcement. I was not in the same room as her anymore or anything, but I remembered and I was like, oh my gosh, I know where this kid is. And so I like, me being me, I'm never slow in any reaction. So I like ran down the hallway, totally not allowed in elementary school, into the room and just started talking to her in German. She walked with me, followed me, and then I remember 
walking down that hallway that goes towards the front of the school we were at at the time. Yeah. And like, I, I don't want to cry here, but you and you and your husband were walking towards with some other people. I don't remember them. And yes. it just, that was the first moment we ever met. And it had, I don't know, <laughs> such an amazing experience with your daughter. Oh, it was incredible. And she was actually sitting at a physics experiment or something. And it was some, I remember the room it was in. She did not care that she had no family there. She was doing her math and she's still the same way. Yeah. And that's how we met each other. And she had no qualms about following me and taking my hand <laughs> and going to. We're still working on that. She Many years ago, though. Yeah. <laughs> We're still working on that. She's so, she just, yeah, she was born and everybody needs to be her friend is her, her perspective. That is where our relationship really started, which is so special to me because it's amazing to see another outspoken, quick response, highly intelligent woman in tech, and then to see you grow. And I think that really brings into your brave story that you wanted to share. So I will turn it over to you. What's the brave story? You know, when I first started in my career, I thought, hey, this works for me. This works for my brain. It's logical. I was never one, especially in college. I didn't know people would say, what do you want to be? I'm like, I don't know. I want to hang mm -hmm. out outside. I want to have fun. And so I never had a passion for a career. I never had the motivation of, yes, this is what I want to be. And so I went with what was logical. I grew up, my mom was a programmer in the 70s, which is absolutely incredible. Oh my God. For training COBOL. My dad, also computer science background. I grew up going to full on geek, going to all these little computer conferences with my dad and being really excited about technology. And I was always just on the cutting edge of technology and trying to figure things out, or it was innate, right? Mm. And so when I was in college, an opportunity came up for me to become an intern. And this was at CompuWare Corporation. So a little context, I grew up in the Detroit area as well as um, Germany, but mostly in the Detroit area. Mm -hmm. And at the time, CompuWare was headquartered in Farmington Hills, Michigan. So I'm dating myself with that because soon after <laughs> they moved to Detroit. But we'll go with that. So I started off, I was put into a QA team, a quality assurance team in software. And I was handed this new software application that they had at the time. And they said, okay, so this is QA automation, which was new in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And we need you to figure this out and then train this group on how to use it. As I'm an intern. years old or 19. Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure? So me, all five feet of me, super brave. You're like, I spent my internship learning about this. And as a part of a capstone to the internship, I had to get up in front of this group and present. And I still remember my boss at the time. I don't remember his name, unfortunately. And then Back to back, there was another female I worked for in the same group. But uh, I remember him saying, when you don't know the answer to a question, tell them, that's a good question, but I'll get back to you. And I remember as soon as it happened, yes. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and I didn't say it. He had told me four times, and I still didn't say it. But otherwise, I thought I did a really good job. I co delivered it with another intern but that was my like 
soiree into QA. Mm -hmm. And from there, I was a German major at the time because, well, I'd been bilingual since I was 12 and school wasn't always my thing. Really smart, but I don't fit into the box. And so from there, I realized, okay, I'm good at this. I can do this. I did one more year of an internship there. I then did an internship at a consulting company in Germany. And then it was time to graduate college. And I was like, okay, well, I know automation, QA. So I got um, a position at, you know, CompuWare really big, right? I got a position at a small company, a startup in Ohio. There were 16 people at the company at the time. I met my future husband there. Two weeks in, story for another day, but, you know, uh, six years later, we were married. But going back, like, this 16-person company, I started my my career there outside of post-undergraduate degree, right? And I was really excited to do the automation, but I had to do some manual testing, and I remember being so bored. I remember being to the point where my boss was so kind, but he was like, Amanda, I don't think you're doing any work. <laughs> are you are you working? I see that you're leaving early and coming in late. Are you okay? Like, oh my and gosh. I remember like, hiding my monitor because th- we'll get into this, but being not neurotypical, mm-hmm. and we'll get into this a little bit later. I if I'm not engaged and excited, I am way over there, and I'm not I'm not doing anything. So, long story <laughs> short. <laughs> I didn't get fired, thank goodness. As soon as the automation started and we were able to do that, all of a sudden I was there. I was appearing. I was in it. And I was excited. And then the company had an opportunity to buy such a tool. And then I was asked, because I was the one with the knowledge, and I was still a little like, this is kind of boring. I don't talk to people. I only talk to a computer. Mm. I get that it's for my brain, but something's not a right fit. What happened? Small company. What makes it amazing? I got asked to start presenting and trying to help sell this tool. And that is where it clicked. That is where I was like, I love this. I like this. I'm in front of these people. I'm, I'm training them or I'm selling to them. I'm convincing them why they need this in their life. Right. And it really allowed me to take my technical aspect but also take something that can be seen as a detriment, especially growing up, and make that my superpower. So one of the things is I've really liked and found that startups are for me because I need the excitement, I need the passion, I need the ability to say, I can do that, let me help there, let me help there. And that goes just like my brain does. So full transparency, I'm ADHD, I have some learning disabilities, and it's been a battle. It's been a fight. You know, I was fortunate enough to get diagnosed when I was 18 or 19 years old. And Mm -hmm. that provided so much clarity and it helped just jump these gaps or these understandings of why don't I get it? I'm trying hard. Why don't I get it? And there was a huge jump in the clarity that comes with that learning the tools. And from the nineties until now, I mean, there are so many more resources, which has been incredible for me, even as I grow in my career. So the startup thing was huge for me. And one of the things I've done recently related 
to kind of being brave in my career. One was jumping in front of people, getting into conferences. I was think I was 19 years old and here I am five feet tall. Listen, I've got all this information. Can you, I look like I'm 12. Would you listen to me? Right. And like, I had to try to look older, but when you're five feet tall and yeah, it didn't work too well, but I have started in the last, I would say it's only been in the last two years or so to be more transparent about my neurodiversity mm. and you know, you can, you can mention it and I'm feeling empowered by doing it because now I feel like I can discuss that as a superpower and not as a detriment yeah. or I can provide this weight to lift off of other people. I mean, if you work in the software industry, we are prevalent, we rule, right? Yes. And to be able to, in a director level role, say, I have ADHD, I have some learning disabilities, and mm -hmm. here is me shining, I'm succeeding, and here's I can, how I can use that. And here's where, hey, if you see me going down a path and talking for 80 minutes about the same thing, help me come <laughs> out of that. I'll help you with things, you help me. And yeah. gosh, is it a weight off my shoulders instead of hiding? Yes. And um, yes. so that's kind of my story too. I love startup life. I'm not a big corporate person. And some people think that that's just, why would you choose that path? But that's for me and it works with my brain and just these last two years in which I've been more transparent about it, I feel like it's enabled me to be who I am and to oh. support others that are going through similar things, or maybe they, they're they not ready yet, but the more people they see talk about it, they'll know that they're there. Yeah. So that's my story. I am so grateful. I am so grateful. So the longer term listeners just heard a bunch of bingo things that we have in okay. common. We have Ohio in common. Mm -hmm. We have that we are dangerous when we are bored in common. <laughs> Wait till my current manager hears this. It'll it'll be funny. <laughs> right? And you have a learning disability. I have a stutter that made me hold back for a long time. And being honest about that has really only been in the last three to four years. And we have, you know, and this is where that you help me, I help you kind of attitude comes in that we share so well, is that my son is neurodiverse and you have been this extraordinary resource in, look, it can be, you were the first person who was an adult and was able to say to me, embrace this because look at all these things that I can do. Look at all these things that I can be that maybe someone else would struggle with, but that makes me move through this world in a really special way. And being open about that, I, I know it's a huge topic for women right now. We have a lot of women being late diagnosed in their 30s and 40s and 50s. It just changes everything when you realize it's not you, it's the world, right? Well, and I also have a neurodiverse kiddo who's a few years older than yeah. your oldest. And gosh, I've learned so much from what he's learned because those tools didn't exist before. But mm -hmm. it also, I don't know, I felt it, it provided an opening where you could see he's a few years ahead 
Mm-hmm. Look at him shine. Look at him. And he shines. He does. He shines. I mean, both of your kids are amazing, but yeah, he really shines as well. So what do you think, like, because one thing I've definitely shared with you is you're my startup client. You're the one that's like, I don't want to work in a corporation. I want to work in a startup, right? What do you think personality-wise, you mentioned it, but I want you to get a little bit more specific. Like, what is it that pulls you towards startup? What is it that suits you about a startup? One of the things is I find it boring or not stimulating if Mm -hmm. I can't see my impact. Mm -hmm. So if you imagine Mm -hmm. CompuWare, wonderful organization, it gave me my start to my career. It gave me this QA engineering entrance, right? Can never be more grateful for that. But I realized that I just needed something that gave me focus. And when I have focus, I'm amazing. But when I don't, like, it's, I'm an all on or off, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm either 100% in or (laughs) please get me to pay attention. So I think that's one of the things is as a person in a startup, you can make that job what you want, no matter your title. I started off as a quality assurance person, you know, fresh out of college. I felt fortunate at the time to even get a job because the university I was going to would not allow me access because my major wasn't computer science to any job posts because my major was German. I had to stick with my major. So I had, I was on my own to find this job. Luckily I had the CompuWare experience. So, you know, I didn't have, I mean, how does that feel to you? Right? Oh, you're not worthy. You're not worthy. And so then I got this job and I started off and it was so hard because I was so bored. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Oh, where's life going? And once I realized that I could make that position, what I wanted, QA at the manual tester to QA engineer to, yeah. oh, now I'm a sales engineer. Amazing. Where can I take that? Yeah. And that's where that just that adrenaline energy and being in front of people really yeah. Yeah. took hold. So thank you. Yeah. You can design your own job in a much faster, more dynamic manner for sure. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I want to ask you about is the risk of working at a startup. But before we get there, I know a lot of my audience members, even people who have worked in tech for decade, right. Don't know what a sales engineer is. So what exactly are you doing? So Imagine, you know, you're working with a sales representative and they are trying to, they are conveying, not trying, but they're successfully conveying, this is a business value. This is why you need this. And then someone technical joins the conversation and says, no, I don't believe you or how. Mm. So the sales engineer comes in and is the trusted authority in that domain or that space that can explain it at a technical level. And they can explain this to the most technical person as well as the least technical person. And they create that bridge. You're basically creating these connections. I understand what you're saying. Let me explain it here for your, and I don't want to belittle any, it's more for this is where your expertise lies. Let me explain it within that context. This is where your expertise lies. Let me explain it there and being that gap and really convincing 
and showing them and having you have to have faith and passion as part of your I don't know it's your reputation that's on the line if you don't have the faith and passion don't believe in what you're doing or selling Mm -hmm. it's the technical portion of the sale and then I don't have to ask for money or do that scary stuff which to me is scary so (laughs) I don't have to talk money I can say oh thank you So you get to bring the technical skills that interest you as well as the behavior skills. So you talk to people about this is the value you get out of this software. This is how it would help you. But you also get the dopamine rush of a sale without the actual negotiation for the number. Right. Yeah. It's kind of the perfect job, y'all. If you love to bring in tech with presentation, facilitation, envisioning is something that you didn't mention, but I just know that you're very good at. You have a great vision perspective. If that's what you enjoy doing, then check out sales engineer, sales architect. What are some of the solution other? Solution architect. Solution architect's a really fun one. Sometimes it's yeah. free sales engineer, but there's so oh, many yeah. paths that you can take in a career from mm-hmm. there. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So Talk to me a little bit. So we've covered neurodiversity, startup, and corporate. One of the things I hear a lot of the times is, oh, it's too risky to work at a startup. How do you think about that in your way? So for me, you know, my first job, I didn't think about it. I was like, I need a job. Someone liked me. (laughs) I interviewed. I got it. But after that, The way I kind of take it on is you are not safe in any job. You. Yes. (laughs) Preach it. Okay. I am on my soapbox. So go girl. Being at a big company. First of all, your visibility is significantly Mm -hmm. lower. You might be someone on a form in an HR thing that says experience level wage. And we need to cut. So we're just going to cut this number and you're a number. Like the influence, the impact yeah. isn't there. And it doesn't matter if that company is going to go forward, fold, or maybe be bought by someone else. You are always at risk in any job. Now, in a startup, yes. and I've been in startups where there's tons of up and down, but due to my energy, my focus, my passion, or my multi-focus and not direct focus, I tend to have volunteered (laughs) myself into so many different areas, which is something I'm working on, so that (laughs) I become visible, I become valuable, and I become the Mm go-to person within the organization. And it's exciting. It's fun. It's overwhelming at times. It's, oh my gosh, I can't do anymore. What am I going to do? But it's exciting. It's fun. And no job is guaranteed ever. Yeah. I love that that's how you started it off. And part of mine, having only worked at major corporations for me, my response is, you know, it's too risky to work somewhere doing something with somebody that steals your excitement and your joy and your private life and your personal time. And you just end up totally drained. And if these are aspects, you know, being super visible, seeing the impact, going with the ups and the downs, having different experiences every single week, 
it's always going to be risky, but only as risky as you allow it to be, right? Because at the end of the day, it's up to me. I have this, I have a podcast episode where I'm like, okay, this is really annoying advice, but it's also true. You are the CEO of your career, nobody else. So you're going to decide what you're going to do and how you're going to go forward. And I think that you just explained that in a really beautiful way, bringing in the wholeness of who you really are and how you got their inspiration from your parents, neurodiversity, passion, boredom. <laughs> I mean, it's really funny. I really hope that some of the people at my first organization that I worked for post-college watch this and can see and laugh about. There's one particular person I'm thinking of, and, and I bet he remembers the conversations, you know, going... Ooh, who did we hire? We just hired someone fresh out of college and she's pulling her weight. Oh, now she's excited. Right. <laughs> that reminds me of one of the people that I just continue to be so grateful is in my life. And he looks at me one time and he goes, you're dangerous when you're bored. I was like, oh, yeah, that's actually true. And, and oh, you're not saying that to shame me. You're saying that to encourage me and to stretch me and, and, and to show me that you really see me, right? Yeah, total game changer. But speaking of other people, who is the brave role model you want to share with us? Am I allowed to say his name? If you want to, absolutely. His name is Rodney Sloan. He's someone that worked at CompuWare for a number of years. He uh, made big impacts there. He worked at Microsoft. I believe he's with Google now. But when I was leaving this first position post-college, I was, I was kind of hurt and I was going through, I don't know what I want to do. And I was only looking for, I need to find another job selling QA automation and that's it. And I was, I had this tunnel and I would only look for that. And mm. I remember being in the Detroit area, visiting my parents and Rodney became my, my mentor at this point, if you will, where I met with him. I showed up at his office and not, not unannounced. It was planned because I might do that. Um, <laughs> and I remember him asking me really hard questions. And questions I didn't know the answer to, or I wasn't ready to admit, share, reveal. It was too much. I think I was like 23, to give it a little context. Maybe 24. <laughs> so, And he opened my eye. One of the first things he says is, wow, you're really looking in a very narrow scope. Why are you limiting yourself to only sales engineering that is a QA automation tool? You are four years into a career, only two of which you have spent doing sales engineering. Yeah. Right? He didn't break it down like that, but that's my head processing yeah. what he is saying. And I was like, yes. oh, I guess I could look wider, but that's scary. Like, I know this. I don't know out here. And he got me there. He also helped by just having his knowledge and sharing that knowledge and asking those questions that no one wants to be asked, but in such a kind yes. and gentle way, but firm at the same time, it's really hard to describe. So he became very precious in my heart as far as he opened that door for me. And 
from there, like, you know, when you have something that clicks and you feel like all of a sudden that opens up some floodgates and that was the first of many floodgates where I felt empowered to, Mm -hmm. or less scared, I guess, to venture past what's comfortable. Yes. That is really brave. It's hard to give that feedback to people, especially when you appreciate who they are. And so, yeah. yeah. And, oh. I mean, he ended up, uh, his family was invited to my wedding even a few years later. And there is other connections. He had worked um, at an overlapping organization. My dad came from IT too, as I mentioned before, and there was some overlap there mm-hmm. um, where, I mean, I have to be grateful to my father too for introducing me when my dad yeah. said, oh, I got someone I think would be helpful for you to talk to. You know, and one of the things he said, well, what more can I do to help? And I was like, that's incredible. Wait, 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 wait. Who said that? Rodney, Rodney said that? So one of the things like that. out of pride. Because Amanda, you know that you ask that question oh, yeah. all the time. I do. What? Do you know that? What else can I do to help? What else can I do to help? And the first couple of times I was like, I don't know. But you've really helped me like be more open to answering that question in ways that have nothing like right now at this exact moment, when this comes out, I'll be moved in. I'll be in my house. It'll be my house. All good. But right now, as we're recording, I'm actually moving. We're going to be neighbors and we're going to be friends, coach, client and neighbors. So exciting. But yeah, you were like, well, what else can I do to help? And I think I said something like, could you sit with me for just a little while? Had nothing to do with anything else. It's just and I was like, so can much, I drive back and forth right? between houses with boxes? <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. You did say that as well. Yeah. So you got that from Rodney. I guess. I mean, my my mom and my dad are always people to go out on a limb and help others. Always. Like my whole life. And mm. they will sacrifice. I watched my mom sacrifice for our family and many ways to help others and i mean to help our family to help her in-laws and her direct parents so Mm -hmm. genetics genetics indoctrination and all the best ways well well it's it's nature plus nurture right yeah yeah but no he asked me how else can i help and i was at pause i'm like i don't know i really don't know you know it helped even just having that. I still remember like he was behind the big desk in the private office, you know, and I had on my business attire. And <laughs> Well, hey, Rodney, thank you for that. What, 20 years ago? And now we're going to multiply that. How else can I help? Which brings us to the last part of our conversation, Amanda. How has coaching helped you? Oh, my gosh. Like, I almost want to cry thinking of just the clarity it's given me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, many times I get very passionate, very excited about something, volunteer my way into way too many things, and then have to deliver on all the things I just volunteered my way into. But it helped me understand what questions to ask. It helped me have confidence in... (laughs) People listening to this would be like, you have confidence issues? No, but, <laughs> but, 
you know, there's there's stating things and then there's stating it in a fashion that's going to help make progress versus mm. I got this, I'll do it, and then I'll give it to you. That was always my thing. Like, oh, I got this, I'll do it, I'll give it to you. And now asking the right questions, trying to help mentor others into how I got down this thought process, how I approached the problem, and also finding clarity in how to have hard conversations. And then also analyzing the situation and stepping back and going, okay, well, Amanda, you you think that that's the answer. That may be an answer, may not be mm -hmm. the answer, may not be the only answer. How can we look at this more broadly? And then yeah. there's certain things that one of the reasons I don't work at big organizations is because I fear politics, like company politics and depth <laughs> and, oh my gosh, I don't play games. I don't play games. And so I yeah. think that's one of the reasons I've always feared big organizations because mm -hmm. I don't know. I There's someone, uh, my current organization, and when I first started there, man, did we butt heads. And But it was like, it was the, it was the stubborn meeting the stubborn, <laughs> but we're both you know, wonderful and passionate people. And so it took us a few headbutts. And then there was this <laughs> level of respect that I would hope he would say he developed for me because I definitely developed for him. So what was the question again? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. It is perfect. This is so good, right? Because it's like, how has coaching helped you? And basically you have run through in your examples, mm -hmm. all of the frameworks of accountability. So we worked on clarity for sure, mm -hmm. right? From the Build Your Brave framework. Momentum, you're a freaking rock star. You are always in movement and moving things forward. And one thing I think is so special about you is that you both document and train and mentor and get things done. It's like it's like the, the 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 triple. What would that be? Quadruple threat, I guess. And then for the accountability, right? Circles of control. What do I actually control here? Crucial conversations. Those difficult conversations. Prioritization. About self worth. Making space. Self worth. Yeah. Self -worth. That's a huge thing. Like, what am I worth? What is that? Yeah. You know, and mm -hmm. you know, since starting to work with you, there's been a nice impact. <laughs> you know, I've financially grown as well as yeah. grown in in my approaches within my career. And I do believe if we were to ask within the organization that there would be confirmation of that, that it would be acknowledged yeah. or said, yeah, I've seen that. I've, I've observed it. Oh, that makes sense now. Yeah. And I've yeah. also been transparent within the organization. I'm working with a coach. God, it's really helping me. How is it mm -hmm. helping you? Well, let me share some ways. That is so generous of you. Yeah, share with everybody. That's incredible, the ways that, that you're growing. And what I love about, again, about your examples and how you tell the story is, you know, a lot of the times most people come to me and they want to earn more money. And that's valid. It's 100% valid. Money creates opportunities. I love money. What you're talking about is like, yes, there's financial growth. More importantly, I'm enjoying my time. I'm more effective. I'm making an impact. You're not burning out. And 
you know, the way I would not have taken those words into my mouth for you, but when you said it, my whole body got covered in goosebumps, Amanda, which is self-worth. It's just when a woman has money and has self-worth, the entire world becomes a better place. Well, and I also have had, you know, there's been COVID and the COVID impact of, mm-hmm. you know, taking a leave of absence to do what was right for my kids and my situation with remote school. Yeah. And then played a lot of hockey. I mm-hmm. have had quite a few brain injuries, concussions, and I've had to pull back at times because of that. I had to leave at times yeah. because of that, but I'm going on over six years, I think it is now at this organization. I don't know. Check my LinkedIn. It says the number, um, <laughs> but you know, those are a lot of things to work through and because of the concussions, many times I don't recall things that, oh, you met them in a meeting. I've introduced myself, Tara, I've introduced myself to my cousin in her own house, albeit I hadn't seen her in 10 years. <laughs> so, you know, one of the things is developing techniques. I already had the tools from being neurodiverse for having to develop techniques to overcome things. And, yeah, you know, taking notes, making these very structured and having the structured organization not only helps with the ADHD, but it also helps with, I was on that call last week. Let me check my notes. Yeah. And that sometimes triggers it. And other times I have to fully rely on my notes. What I love is the confidence that I'm going to just pull everyone behind the curtain, right? Mm -hmm. The confidence and the calm that you're saying that in it's such a different energy than when like, oh shit, I don't remember. I have to go look at the notes. Because it like, can no. be so hurtful. It can be so hurtful. Like yeah. self-deprecating, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But that's really what, what coaching can create for sure. Amanda, literally we both know we can talk for six hours because we've done it on many occasions. Right. We got to wrap up. Okay. I am so grateful that you were willing to share this story. I was so nervous. Like I am in front of people all the time. Like this is what I do for a living. I stand in front of crowds of a hundred people at conferences, but I was nervous (laughs) to do this with someone I know personally and as my coach. So I'm really grateful. It was exciting. I didn't know what was coming. So it was awesome. And so many layers of generosity as always with you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, until next week, brave it up. Bye, y'all. Hey, before you go, our fellow women in tech really need these insights. So do them a favor, hop on over and leave a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform. Help them find the Celebrate Brave podcast. All right, thanks a bunch. Until next time, brave it up.